This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them, to bless every one of us, to grant us every form of goodness, to open our doors of goodness in this world and the next. Ameen. My beloved brothers and sisters, welcome to this beautiful motivational evening. I'm really, really super excited. And I want to thank every one of you because we were not supposed to be here this evening, but Allah wanted us to come here. So when the Thursday night happened to be sold out, Imam Channel decides to add a Wednesday night, subhanAllah, and here you are. Masha, I don't know if you're aware of that. Are you? I'd like this session to be interactive. It's not a hard and fast lecture. It is just a motivational evening. So, every motivational evening has a little topic, a theme we move by in order to be motivated and that motivation is obviously drawn from the Quran and the Sunnah of Rasulullah but presented in a way that really and truly highlights issues that we go through in our lives. So, the first question I have, and I'd like you to answer. If you don't, I'm going to pick on people to answer the question. So if I don't hear someone say and answer, I'd, and you've got to say it loudly from wherever you are, right? You can say it loudly. Not one person, but everyone who knows the answer can say it, okay? You can say it together, it's fine. So, if you have a child... It's a blessing of Allah, you and I know. That particular child, do you not love the child? Do you not love the child that is your own more than the children of others? True or false? True. MashaAllah. Not that you hate the children of others, but this is your child. Your responsibility, right? You are responsible and you know that I'm only going to give this child the best. Would you allow harm to come in the direction of your child? No. No. Those of you who were silent, I don't know what the answer was. <laughs> you wouldn't allow, you would not allow harm to come in the direction of your child, let alone be harmed. Not even in the direction. You see a lion from a distance. Well, I come from Africa, so it's more possible where I come from, right? You see a lion in a distance. You will take your child and more than that, yourself and run away, right? You go before the lion comes or you jump into your vehicle or you get into safety. It's common logic. Now, if your child wanted something that you firmly believe is damaging for the child. Can you give me an example? Your child desperately wants something. A one-year-old, six months old, two years old. The child wants something that you know is really dangerous or is not something that the child is safe with. Give me an example. 
A knife. Someone says a knife. Another example? Mobile. Oh, mashallah. I think mobiles, many of us who have children, may Allah bless you with more children, we say the mobile is bad. It's very bad to give the mobile to the child. But when your child is, wah, wah, the first thing you do, take the mobile and give the, give the little one, right? Unfortunately, hypocrisy there, right? May Allah forgive me to begin with, okay? May Allah forgive all of us. But yes, a mobile phone, you wouldn't give them, not because of the contents, but because they might break your phone, right? I think that's where it comes from. They might throw it and that S20 would actually crack. Subhanallah. By the way, there is an S20. When I said S20 last year, people were laughing at me. Guess what? Actually, I think Samsung must have heard our talk. Because they skipped everything and went straight to 20. Do you know that? Subhanallah. My brothers and sisters, you wouldn't give the child a knife. Six months old, crying for a knife. The knife might be luminous colors. And the child is crying for it. And crying and screaming and yelling. Are you going to give the knife? Are you going to give the knife? Not at all. I hope you don't have these sophisticated minds. Those of you who are quiet, thinking of the foldable knives and the ones that have a little safety measure. We're talking of basic, simple knives. You know, we're not those fancy people who have all those fancy knives, right? Knife, you're not going to give. What if the child screams and yells and cries? Will you give the knife? What if it continues screaming into the night? Will you give the knife? You'll give something else. Why? You'll give something else that is not dangerous, but it may pacify the child. Do you agree with what I am saying? Okay. You're going to try and divert the child. And you know, this is not good. You can cry how much you want. And dad, you hate me. You don't like me. You're not giving me what I want. And you say, say what you want. Do what you want. I know better than you. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to give it to you. You can cry. You can scream. I know what you don't know. Subhanallah. It's dangerous. You may hurt yourself. You may. Because sometimes a child might take the knife and not hurt themselves. But it's all a game of chance. And you and I know we don't play games of chance when it comes to things like those. Agree? So my brothers, my sisters, you think that your child will be hurt. You believe that the child may be hurt. So what the child is screaming for, crying for, desperately wants, you don't give the child because you know that this is something that's not going to happen. Make your tantrum, say what you want and Subhanallah, you may give, like I said, something else in order to divert the attention of the child. Who knows better, you or Allah? Allah knows the future. We were just guessing it when it came to our children. Allah knows everything. يَعْلَمُ مَا كَانَ وَمَا يَكُونُ وَمَا لَمْ يَكُنْ Allah knows that which was, that which is, that which will be, that which will not be, if it were to be how it would have been, Allah knows it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Call out to me and I will respond to you. Did he say, call out to me and I will give you exactly what you want? You could have asked for a knife. You ask for something so dangerous, you want to marry this guy. And this is the example of the age because I promise you, every single day, 
I receive emails from males and females saying, I want to marry this guy and my parents and my siblings and my this and it's not possible and it doesn't. And I think of this knife with a little baby. Would you give the baby the knife? Subhanallah. And people say, but he's a, such a nice guy. He's not a knife. <laughs> He'll slice your heart and you won't even know. Subhanallah. They've done it. It has happened. And the other way around too. You might slice his heart. Or if it's a guy talking, she may slice your heart and you won't even know. So you can scream, you can yell. Allah says, you're not getting it. And you know what? Is it a sign of love or hate when you don't give your child a knife? Tell me. Extreme love, right? Extreme love. It's Allah's total, unconditional love for you that makes Him not give you things as a positive response for your dua when you desperately want this job. And Allah says, I know the future. I know the future to the degree that what is never ever going to happen. And it was not written to happen. If it were to happen, how it would have played out. I already know it. So I love you so much because of your dua. You're calling to me. You're crying to me. And I'm never ever going to give you this particular thing one day in the hereafter. If you want me to play your video, I will play it for you. Do you know what that means? If you get to the hereafter and if your mind still has in it something of this nature, Allah says, you'll get it. What does that mean? You know, Allah says about Jannah, you get whatever you want. Okay. There's one catch. You can only think about what you want once you get into Jannah. With our small minds here right now, we won't know what is available in Jannah. What I mean is, in this world, whatever we have and whatever we like is all from the earth. It's going to remain here. It does not qualify to come into Jannah. It does not qualify to come into Jannah because it is from the earth. That's why the hadith says, when you get to Jannah, Fiha, Jannah means paradise, by the way, for those who may not be knowing the Arabic term. Fiha ma la ra'at, wala udhunun sami'at, wala khatara ala qalbi bashar. In paradise, there is that which no eyes have ever seen, no ears have ever heard of or heard, and no, it has not crossed the heart or the minds of anyone. It hasn't. So I'm going to really be amazed and amused and impressed by what is in Jannah, in paradise. I'll give you an example. And I've given this example in the past. What car do you like? A Ferrari. What car do you like? Aston Martin. What car do you like? Mercedes. I have one downstairs. Somebody's lent me one, mashallah. By the way, it's not a bad car. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. However, do you have an Aston Martin? You don't. Do you have a... You don't. Do you have... You don't. Okay. Would you like one in Jannah? Would you like one in Jannah? Okay. Would you like one in Jannah? Would you like one in Jannah? All three of you have asked for something that's not going to be in Jannah. There are no Aston Martins, no Mercedes. Trust me, it's not there. If you've seen it here, it's not there. Do you know why? Which Mercedes do you like? Let, I want to show you and prove to you something. Which Mercedes do you like? Okay. Did you hear that, guys? It's a model that I don't even know about. Say it again. 
Okay. GT. Okay. Subhanallah. Mercedes GT. Wow. Fancy, my brother. I'll tell you something. In 10 years, when he sees that car he likes now, he won't want it himself. Here in the dunya, forget about the akhirah. You follow what I'm saying? In 10 years, when, we, when I was young, I used to look at these uncles driving these BMWs. And I'm thinking, wow, one day. And I used to say, ah, we'll get it in Jannah, don't worry. Tell my little brother, don't worry, Jannah, just lead your salah, taraweeh. Do all the prayer properly. That BM will be waiting for you in Jannah. Now that I've grown up and learned, <laughs> that was such a cheap shot, subhanAllah. <laughs> I promise you, it's not going to be in paradise. I don't even want that car that I saw that time right now and I'm on earth. I still haven't even gone beyond and I don't want it anymore. Imagine how many of you want the Galaxy S20. All of us, right? If we were distributing free galaxies, subhanallah, we would all want it. Next year, you won't want it. You're going to want the Galaxy S30 or 21, whichever one they choose. Right next year, you don't want it. So that goes to show you, my brothers and sisters, this world is just a deception. Like Allah says, it is a deception. It, it will keep moving and it will con you. And when you get too engrossed in materialism, you, you don't even know what's good for you. Subhanallah. You know, people normally, and they do say this, honestly, I've come across it. They mean it from the bottom of their hearts. They say, if... I go to paradise and the spouse I'm going to have there is the spouse I have here. I don't even want to go to paradise. <laughs> there are people who say this. I've heard it with my own ears. Subhanallah. But I tell them, listen, listen, listen. Let's first get to paradise. Allah says, when you are there, whatever you want, when you are there, you will get it. We won't let you down. People say, my cat, will it be in Jannah? You know, to be honest with you, people get attached to their cats. The simple reason, a cat doesn't backbite, a cat doesn't swear, a cat doesn't deceive you, a cat, does, a cat is quite a faithful, you know, animal, subhanallah. And it, mashallah, it's quite de-stressing sometimes. You know, uh, you, you have a few laughs with it, you see it and amazingly it does certain things and it gives you that company. There is that attachment, you spend a lot of money on it. By the way, I'm not encouraging or discouraging the issue of cats, but I'm just saying... When you get attached to it, and then suddenly it dies. Wallahi, you won't believe something. I have an email. Sometime back, I think it was about one and a half, two years ago, where there was a young girl or in a teenage asking, can I do janazah for my cat? La ilaha illallah. She wants to do janazah for her cat, which means, you know, this is my cat. I'm so attached to it. What will happen to it? Can, I, can we not have prayers for the cat and so on? What are you talking about? Will I have my, at least will I have my cat in Jannah? Now, I've got a problem. If I say no, you know, she might come back with one of those verses to say, well, in Jannah, you get what you want, right? And if I say yes, and I know the cat's not going to be there, then we've got a big problem. So what do I say? I say, my sister, get to Jannah and then talk to Allah. I promise you, when you get to Jannah, I don't want to say you're not going to think of your cat, but I want to tell you, You'll be so occupied with what there is that the hadith says when a person enters paradise, they will stand just looking at what is theirs for 500 years. For 500 years, you're just going to stand and go, Imagine 500 years. I don't even know how that's going to be. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. 500 years. You're standing and just looking at this. Where are you going to think of your cat? La ilaha illallah. Allah grant us ease. When you get there, you'll see other things. And I don't want to burst your bubble. But 
when you get there and you ask Allah when you are there, you might see this handsome stud. You will probably. A guy who's subhanal khaliq, you know. Wow. And someone says, and then the guy opens his mouth and turns out, that's your husband. <laughs> now what? Now what? Subhanallah. He looks how the best looking ever according to your imagination. And as you're thinking of how perhaps, you know, it would have been better if he was slightly shorter. You know, it just goes down. You know, it keeps. And then you think, no, a little bit taller up and so on. Subhanallah. And you, this is Jannah. Allah says, you know what? You did what I wanted in the world. I will do what you want in the hereafter forever and ever. You're going to have eternal bliss. But in this world, I will not give you things that I know are detrimental and harmful for you. I won't. You want some things? You want a job. I know if you had the job, you would have done this and that would have happened and there would have been an embarrassment and you would have been this and that and either you would be hurt so badly or embarrassed so badly or something negative would have happened that you would never be able to shoulder. So Allah says, I'm not giving you that job. And you want another one and a third one. And then you say, Allah hates me. Don't you sound like that little baby who doesn't have the knife. And then they say, my father hates me. My mother hates me. And you and I know the moms and dads actually love their kids. It was out of love that I didn't give this to you. And I still won't. Call me what you want. Say what you want. Scream and yell all night. Cry all night. I will not give it to you. Because I love you more than you'll ever imagine. Subhanallah. You follow what I'm saying? So I am telling you this because Allah closes doors out of his mercy. And I want to tell you, every one of us seated here today, everyone, think for a moment where you are in life right now. Whether it's your job, whether it's your family, whether it's anything else. Think about things in your life, where you are, who you are. Do you know? It is only because Allah closed certain doors that you are where you are. I swear to you. And had he opened those doors for you, you would not have been where you are today. Subhanallah. You would never have been where you are today. I know of a person who was about to go through a divorce and they were really desperately fighting for that marriage and almost ready to compromise what was humanly not correct to compromise in order to make that marriage work. And you know what? It ended in a divorce. And thereafter, the person two years later got married to someone else and comes back and says, Do you know what? This is like living paradise. And I'm like, there was a day when you didn't even want to move. Do you know why? It's your comfort zone. That's why Allah says, I'm going to give you guidelines. You follow them. Do what you have to according to the guidelines and take that leap of faith. Take it. Go for it. Take it. The leap of faith. What is it? There are uncertain waters ahead. But guess what? Because of the circumstances and according to what Allah's told me and given me, this is the best way forward. I'm going to go and I'm going to trust in Allah. Such that I know he loves me more than I even love myself. Allah won't give me what he knows is not good for me. That's why when Allah closes the doors, I'm sure you've heard me say, say Alhamdulillah twice. If something happens according to what you want, yes. 
You thank Allah, alhamdulillah. If it doesn't, say alhamdulillah two times, twice. And of late, I've been practicing this and I promise you, it's such a lovely feeling. So beautiful. You know, you get to the counter and they give you bad news. This flight has been cancelled. I say, oh, mashallah, that's really good news. <laughs> this man is mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. If my Lord don't want me on that plane, why should I get upset? Come on, change the way you look at things. Get excited about it, subhanallah. Someone bumps into you, boom, the car. What's going to happen? Well, that's six hours of delay, I guess, with miles and miles of delay, like what we just witnessed on the A406 right now. Right? There was an accident, by the way. Do you know that? The Beckton roundabout. I'm not even from here, but I know. <laughs> so, subhanallah, I can tell you, once that happens, just say alhamdulillah, walk out of the card, no need to get angry, no need to start raising your voice. It's your test. Allah's watching, the angels are writing, you're going to get up and start swearing, screaming, yelling. Who are you? You're just a worshiper of Allah. Allah designed that day and that moment before you were born. Subhanallah, you came out and you failed it. Get excited. Just say, MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah, oh Allah. Well, you knew this day was going to come. I didn't, but it came. Now I'm going to show you that I'm excited about what just happened. Obviously, I'm wording it in a way to make us think. That's it. But human nature would be such that you would come out. Obviously, you have a pain in your heart because you see your vehicle and it looks all mushed up and whatever. Don't worry. Don't worry. Allah's telling you, you know, sometimes how many of us have been in an accident, and then the whole car is upgraded. Wow, wow. You follow what I'm saying? The whole car is upgraded. See, more of the men are saying, hmm, the women haven't really bashed their cars. Mashallah. So, my brothers and sisters, Allah will close your doors. He knows what's good for you. Not only in marriage, not only in your jobs, but so many other things. You want to buy a house. You want to do something. There is a relationship. There is whatever it may be. You want to desperately see someone, get somewhere, do something. If Allah doesn't want it, it's not going to happen. But does that mean we should just sit back and not even try? The answer is no. You must try. When I look at these brothers, I think of Jannah. Do you know why? I was asking them about what they want in Jannah. Or would, if they would like their favorite cars in Jannah. And subhanallah, all three of them said, yes. My brother, make dua, I forget your face. Subhanallah. And then I reprogram my mind to remember it for something else. Subhanallah. Now don't worry, I'm just joking. Okay, brother. So the point I was raising is, you know, when you get to paradise, when you see what is on offer in paradise, then you start saying what you want and what you don't want. Now you're there, you're qualified. You know what shaitan does? He makes us worry about what there is going to be in paradise to the degree that we lose that paradise. This is a powerful point. Did you hear what I say? I'm so worried about what I'm going to get in Jannah that I don't even get to Jannah. Because I start arguing and fighting. What am I going to get in paradise? If I'm going to get this, that's unfair. If they're going to get this, it's unfair. People ask me about the whore. Trust me, I don't know much. I haven't seen a single one besides my own. Mashallah. <laughs> By the way, you know when you're married, you have to always, always call your spouse the whore. Mashallah. In actual fact, they are in terms of the dunya. And they do very, very well. Remember, I said your spouse. If you're married... Your spouse. I didn't say if you're a husband, your wife. 
If you're married, your spouse. May Allah grant us happiness in our marriages. That was quite a soft amin. You know what that means? That means many people are not married here. If you're not married, please put up your hand. I was right. MashaAllah. Put your hands down. Well, I want to teach you something. If someone says, May Allah grant us happy marriages, just say, Ameen, loudly. Because if that dua is given to you, the first thing that's going to happen is the doors of marriage are going to open. You see? So just say, Ameen. May Allah grant us happiness in our marriages. Ameen. See all the unmarried people saying, Ameen. <laughs> I taught you something, right? My brothers and sisters, it's a fact. It's a fact. Well, I haven't seen. And people say, but it's unfair. It's not the... Go to the Akhirah, meet with Allah, talk to Him, and tell Him what you have. Don't tell me, right? Don't tell me. I don't own paradise. Get to the hereafter, meet with Allah, and ask Him. Like I told you, if you get to Allah and you remember that there was a day in the world, I wanted X, and I didn't get X, and I got Y instead or Z, and you can ask Allah, Oh Allah, had I gotten Z, please show me what would have happened in that life of mine. And Allah will show it to you. Because you know what? He will give you whatever you want. You want to see it? I'll show it to you. But on condition that you remember this, when you meet with Allah, when you get to the hereafter. You follow what I'm saying? So my brothers and sisters, that is the message I had for you tonight. To say, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala closes a door, it is definitely a door that is closed out of the mercy of Allah on condition that you're trying to be a good person. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is such that if He knows that your life is going to make a turn towards something you're not going to manage, what's the best thing He should do for you? If your life is going to take a turn towards something you just won't be able to shoulder, what is the best thing he could do for you? Someone says stop it. What else? Thank you. Make you pass away. If you passed away, it is a blessing of Allah. If he saved you from something really huge, if he saved you from something really huge. You know, you have to pass away. All of us want paradise, but who wants to die right now? The answer is nobody. Nobody. So how are you going to get to paradise? Allah says, I'll take you without asking you, do you want to go? Because if I were to ask you, do you want to go? Even the oldest of the lot will say, no. Give me good health. I'll still stay. May Allah grant us all good health. So Allah says, I have de- de- determined the lifespan. People lose little children and you wonder, what's so merciful about that? Allah knows something that you don't know. What if the child grew up to become the source of your misery, the source of your depression, the source of that which was so difficult to burden? Allah says, I love you so much. I'm going to take this child away at the age of two so that through the sabr and the patience that you bear, you will get paradise and the child will be in paradise waiting for you and you will both enter Jannatul Firdaus. Isn't that a bonus? We will feel the pain in this world, but it was something that was a mercy of Allah. If you want, you can say to Allah one day, Oh Allah, you took my child away at the age of two. If you had given that child life, show me what that life would have been like. If you remember that question and you're asking it in Jannah, Allah says, we can show it to you. I can show it to you. Subhanallah. 
And then you'll be surprised. You'll say, Oh Allah, you are the wise. You are the most loving. You are the most kind. You are the most generous. You are the one, the creator, the one who knows everything. And I really, really thank you for what you did. I know of a person who lost some children, some children in a major accident. He told me himself a few years down the line that I wish I'd lost all my kids. And I said, but why? He said, look at those who have survived. They are leading a terrible life. They're causing depression and tension. My head is exploding with all these worries and look at them and embarrassment. And I'm like, don't say that, my brother. But now I know what he was meaning. Although I don't agree with the statement, because no one should say that. No matter how far away your children are from what you perceive to be the right path, don't lose hope in them. Don't. It only requires one flick and they can be back to something beyond your imagination. One flick. How many of us have had bad habits, embarrassing things we've done in our lives. And guess what? If people had given up on us, we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't even be able to do good. My brothers and sisters, let's do good. Let's help each other. And let's understand, don't become upset with Allah because things are happening around the world that you don't know. When coronavirus came about, what I did on the pulpit on a Friday is to pray for all the victims, no matter who they were, Muslim or non-Muslim, no matter what nationality they were. From the pulpit on a Friday, I said a prayer for all of them. And I said, oh Allah, grant them cure. And not only that, save us all and humanity at large. You know why? It is something that has affected humankind. Now comes an argument. Was it a punishment or not? I don't care. That is irrelevant for us right now. What we've got to do, improve ourselves and pray for everyone. And try and make sure that at this time of difficulty and hardship, you reach out to the people. It's not a time to argue about what it was. You can see what it's doing in front of your eyes. You may be the next victim and I may be. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not let that happen. It's not a time to argue. A person is drowning, struggling and you say, brother, I'm not saving you. It's a punishment. It's a punishment. Who are you? Subhanallah. What punishment is that? Who are you to decide what Allah chose? It might be a means of that person's entry into Jannah. Subhanallah. May Allah grant us goodness. May Allah open our doors. With us, we're too worried about whether another person has been punished or not. But what about our own lives? We're losing focus. Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu alaykum anfusakum la yadurrukum man dalla idha ahtadaytum. O you who believe, be concerned about yourselves. Those who are astray will not affect you if you are rightly guided. Another verse, Allah says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqu allaha wal tanzur nafsum ma qaddamat li ghad. Wattaqu allah, O you who believe. Be conscious of your maker and each one of you should look into what you have prepared to hand in tomorrow to your maker. What did you prepare? You've written a book of your own deeds. Have you written it well? Did you write some nice things in that book every single day? Subhanallah. Subhanallah. In a few moments, inshallah, I'm going to ask all of you. I'm going to ask all of you, if you have any motivational story short within a minute or two to share with us from your life something that moved you or 
something that motivated you that you believe might benefit us. It will be very interesting to hear. So start thinking of what you want to say, inshallah. And the last thing I'm going to say here is when we get to paradise, why is it that whatever was on earth doesn't qualify to be there? In terms of materialistic items, let me clarify material things. Because everything that you found on earth was from this earth. What are you made from? What am I made from? Dust, clay, sand. Where is that? It's on the earth. H2O, the water mixed with this. It's from the earth. I'm wearing clothing. Where is this from? The cotton grew on the earth. The cows on the earth. I drive a car. Where is the steel and the metal from? From the, the, from the mines. They happen to be within the mountains or in other places. It was mined on the earth. We have not yet seen anything from outside this earth. Not yet. Nothing. Subhanallah. They say the black stone in Mecca is from Jannatul Firdaus. That's what they say. I'm talking about the stuff we use in our lives and everything we benefit from here. Subhanallah. Do you have anything from anywhere besides this earth? Do you? Anyone? Yes. I can't hear you. Your wife. Your wife. Brother. You've just given your secret away, man. He must be really scared of his wife. <laughs> no, my brother. It's really encouraging. What you said is true. Some of, some of our wives, and inshallah, we should all be husbands and wives like that, where it's all about sacrifice. You know, marriage, you have to work on. You have to sacrifice. It's all about the more you sacrifice, the more your spouse, as they grow older, melts when he or she thinks of you. Wallahi. You think of sacrifice. You know, I think of my own family and I think of how they sacrifice. I'm only able to stand here because of the sacrifice of my family members. If they were hard with me, I promise you I wouldn't even be here. But because they're lenient, they understand, they know, because they, they, they let it happen, they still pray for you, they cheer you on against all odds. And it's a struggle. It's not easy, neither for me nor for them. That's the reason why we really, really get along well. Because you know what? It's give and take. When you become selfish in marriage, that marriage cracks. It becomes really difficult. Ask those who are successful in anything. Without the spouse being a backbone, that success won't come. It won't come so easily. So alhamdulillah, at least we heard something. Thank you so much for that, my brother. MashaAllah, yeah, that smile is better than mine, alhamdulillah. <laughs> so my brothers and sisters, it's true, whatever we have, it's, it's not from anywhere besides the earth. We still have to get to the other side to know what's on offer. In fact, a quick example has come to my mind. I've given it in the past. I want to say it because I find it very intriguing, okay? When you and I were in the wombs of our mothers, what we enjoyed there, Everything we enjoyed there became totally irrelevant and redundant the moment we crossed into the real world. Imagine in the wombs of your mothers, and I always like to give this example of twins. Imagine you were twins talking to each other. Hey, what's up, buddy? 
And the guy says, fine, are you swimming well? He says, yeah, man, look at the world, it's mine. It's not a world, by the way, it's just the womb of your mother. But it looks so big because you're so tiny. As you grow older, it becomes a little bit, you know, wow, it's getting a bit stuffy in here, subhanAllah. Maybe stuffy is the wrong word, but it's cramped here. It's becoming a little bit too tight. I can't, now what's going to happen? I can't move anymore. But you enjoyed the food and the drink there, didn't you? Would you want any of it now, by the way? Anyone? <laughs> Serious question. You must be thinking, yuck, we're about to eat. Stop talking about it. But you loved it, you grew on it, you had it, you ate it. What about Jannah? When you get there, you will... People talk about, you don't that burger from that place. They say, you know what? Come on, we're about to eat. Stop talking about the dunya here, man. Because you're in Jannah, you've crossed. Everything becomes irrelevant, Totally. People, if you were to talk at that time, you would have told your buddy, listen guy, you know the atheists would have said, it's the end of everything. It's the end. That's it. Goodbye my buddy. That's it. Shake your hand. And guess what? The, the membrane between you at that time and this world was just a thin little membrane, the belly of your mother. And boom, you came out and boom, he came out and hey buddy, you made it here. What's going on? Ooh, what's happening, man? We never dreamt this thing existed. It always existed. Now you have a chance from this side to look at your mother. Ah, that's mum. Oh, those are the sounds I heard. Ah, this is another sound I heard. Now, things are put into perspective. You never would have imagined in the wildest of your dreams what was just a little membrane or curtain away from where you were. But you came into the real life. Can any one of you remember the day you were born, let alone the days that you were in the wombs of your mothers? Nobody. Not one. So when you get into the hereafter, there is, it's very similar to childbirth. Very similar. Childbirth labor takes, in some cases, five minutes, in some cases, five hours, in some cases, five days. Labor. And then the child is born. I swear, sakarat at the end of your life is exactly the same. In some cases, five seconds, in some cases, five minutes, in some cases... Guess what? Five days and you in the pangs of death going into the hereafter. And you know what? When you cross, it's just a crossing. What happened? You left everything behind. This time you left your body. You left everything. It's all behind. What went through? The soul gone. To where? Hereafter. What is the hereafter? When you go in. Is this what it is? Just like when you came into the world and you, it, you were so overwhelmed, you just started crying. Subhanallah. And then, when you get into the hereafter and you see all of this, subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us into Jannatul Firdaus. May He make it easy for us the day He takes us away. May He take us away when He knows it's right for us. May He always do what is best for us. Still, keep on praying for what you think is best for you. You have to do that. You have to keep praying for what you think is best for you. And you have to try and keep trying to the best of your abilities to achieve what you believe is best for you. But if it doesn't come and if it is blocked and if it is stopped and if you're now losing this capacity of carrying on, don't worry. Inshallah, you should believe firmly that Allah has kept it away for a very, very good reason that I may not know. Just go back and think of that little baby with the knife and remember, you know, perhaps, like I said, none of us would give that knife to the child. Although, that would be a sign of love. May Allah make it easier. Qulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad.